Little did you know you are strong, smart, insightful, beautiful, hilarious, loyal, and loved. The podcast you need to navigate your 20s. Little did you know with Shelby Eastwood. afternoon, good evening, whatever day it is. Happy Monday or Tuesday. Like I said, hope you're well where you are. I hope that you had a restful weekend. Um, I was really sick last week. It was awful. I will spare you the TMI details, but let's just say the gastro bug hit me hard. I was puking and pooping and sleeping and basically everything and it was awful. I'm lost like 12 pounds in two days so yeah last week was a hot mess um i thought it was covid there for a bit but i i took a test and it was fine so it was just the the stomach flu but my god i was not haven't been that sick in like 10 years it was so bad um so that's my that was my week i was at work and lots of things happened there too i'm just not allowed to talk about it so we're just gonna keep that on the dl and over the weekend we went for brunch this morning that was good or yesterday yesterday on sunday and we're gonna okay can we talk about why chinese food is so damn expensive literally okay we were gonna order chinese food saturday night for two people it cost 70 fucking dollars somebody tell me why i get covid prices and like pandemic prices and all that stuff but like 70 dollars for two people for chinese food that's insane so we didn't get Chinese food. We got fish and chips instead, which was still good, but like not as good as Chinese food would have been. So, um, Friday, I can't remember. Oh, Friday. Ooh, I had a pork roast Friday. That was delicious. I don't know why I'm talking about my food. Maybe because I couldn't eat for like four days. And so I was finally able to eat again and it was delicious. So, you know, this was my best life, but super excited for the guest today. Um, I'm just going to take a break and jump right into it. Carolyn, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day, like you kind of just mentioned, <laughs> to finish up your day with me. Where Where are you anyway? I'm in Sedona. You're in where? Sedona, Arizona. Very lucky. Arizona. Oh, so it's what? Yeah. Are you three hours behind Eastern time then? Two right now. We're two. half of the year we're three and then half, the other half two because we don't change the time. Oh, okay. So yeah, you're on the west coast of the States. Then. Yeah, okay. in the middle. Kind of yeah. Like, yeah west, oh, so you're, west. you're very yeah. far away. Have you, have, did you, like, are you from there originally? No, I'm from Germany originally. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you, like, you were born in Germany? Yes, I grew up there and I left when I was 26, so. Oh, wow. What you brought know? you to the States then? Um, I would say God, probably. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, technically I fell in love with a, like my friend's exchange student and followed him, but then that lasted very, it only lasted very, like two months. And then, <laughs> um, then I fell in love with Santa Barbara, um, beautiful city. You know, I've always felt like Germany was too cold for me and I didn't quite fit right, you know, I didn't fit in there. And in Santa Barbara, I just felt so at home. And then I, it took me a little while to figure out, you know, how to make my way there. But yeah. Wow, that's a that's a story. <laughs> that's a story in thirty seconds. That's for sure. Um, do you want to kind of tell me your backstory? Like, how did you become doing sure. what you do? Like, tell me everything. 
Yes. So my my story starts a little different, and it's maybe a little out there for some people, but it's truly what I remember. <laughs> so so I remember being on the heavenly meadows. You know, obviously like not a real meadow, but I remember being up in heaven with other people there, like me, whether we were angels or whatever, light beings. And then God came one day and said, "Hey." Down on the earth, the people have like, especially the men and women, they really have a lot of trouble. And I need, I need some of you to go down there and help. And automatically, my hand raised itself. I couldn't even, you know, I could, like, I couldn't even, like, just my hand just raised itself. And I'm like, oh no. So basically, that got me a ticket, ticket to be born with my parents. And when you raise the hand, and you know, your intention is to help men and women mm-hmm. get better along. Obviously, it makes sense that you would be born into situations where you had to learn about relationships a lot yeah. you know so from from since i was born in in europe on both my parents sides my grandparents um almost every single one of them had lost a, a parent or an uncle or a sibling or all of it in the war oh, you know wow. there was a lot of trauma in my grandparents great-grandparents lives and then obviously because they had so much trauma my grandparents did their best, but, you know, my, my parents also didn't grow up under the best of circumstances. Mm-hmm. So it was alcoholism, you know, in the family. And then my dad's mom left really early when he was little. And so my parents also had a bunch of trauma. Yeah. And then, you know, there came I. And I mean, I had a, I had a very good childhood. And at the same time, stuff got passed down to me that wasn't so good in terms of creating stable, lasting, healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. So I struggled a lot. I struggled with myself a lot in the beginning. I had eating disorders oh, wow. for over 10 years. Like by the time I was 20, my, my prognosis almost statistically, my chance of really living to be 30 years old and just having a normal life was at 5%. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's very measly. <laughs> and really all I just wanted, I wanted to be normal. I wanted to find my soulmate and have kids and, you know, the white picket fence and yeah. so forth. And it just would keep eluding me. And so I spent my entire 20s just searching and healing and all of that. And, and life got better. Um, there was some normalcy. I did I did meet somebody, got pregnant. He wasn't necessarily the love of my life, but we were a good team. And we had kids together. And I really wanted to have kids. So I was very happy. And then when my, because of having the kids, and then when my son, so I have a daughter that's 16 now, almost, and then a son who's 11. When my son was one and a half, um, I found myself in a state of just complete exhaustion. You know, I didn't have family here. Mm-hmm. My husband at the time was the sole breadwinner. He was working 12, 14 hours a day, and I was just home with the kids and doing dishes and diapers. I knew I was meant for greater purpose. I wasn't really living my purpose. My health was declining. We were facing bankruptcy. So it was, it was a very, very stressful time. Mm-hmm. And um, one night he came home from work, and... I just have been trying to communicate to him that I couldn't, I could just not do this anymore. I needed help. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt sicker and sicker. And um, so when he came home, I said, Hey, I can't do this anymore. And he didn't mean anything with it, but he said, well, you wanted to be a mother. Oh. And when, <laughs> when, when he said that to me, it was like a death sentence, you know, and it was so painful that literally like my spirit and my soul left my body. My body collapsed on, we had a futon in the living room. I collapsed on the, on the futon. My kids were on top of me. They were crying. They didn't, you know, they, they were like, they couldn't figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. I hovered on the, I was hovering under the ceiling, looking back down onto my body and seeing them. 
and couldn't come back. And it was very disturbing because I love my kids very much. And so and it all happened very quickly. And then within seconds, a, a voice just said to me, Carolyn, your work isn't done. You need to go into the pursuit of pleasure. And with that, I was sent back into my body. I had no idea what that meant. But for an entire week, I was suspended in a, in a state of complete clarity where I could just, well, it was really a musical experience. So whenever I started going into negative directions in my mind, I had like this out of tune sound come into my head. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, like it felt like I was humming along in a positive, like beautiful symphony. And then whenever my mind started trying to go into a negative direction, it's like almost like a scratch, you know, like, <laughs> so I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I would just stay completely positive. And I could, and it was so amazing because all of a sudden I felt so connected to all the people that I had been so afraid, you know, my neighbors and people that I didn't know and people were doing things for me. And, um, if I thought of something, that thing magically, it literally appeared on my doorsteps or somebody would give it to me or somebody would give something to me before I could even think that I wanted it. It was, it was very magical. Let's put it that way. And then that ended, you know, after we get in and I'm like, oh, dang it. I got to figure out like how I got to figure this out. And what I took from it, though, was basically the, the instruction that I really had to learn to develop what I now call like pleasure intelligence and a different way of living where I make decisions based on what feels right and good to me and also learn about my own energy and how to take care of my own energy because that's the only thing we have power over. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of like what got me onto this trajectory. And then about five years ago, I came across a book called Cupid's uh, Cupid's Poisoned Arrow. Mm -hmm. And in that book, the woman had a very similar experience that, you know, relationships would start out great. And then within a short amount of time, they would just deteriorate and, it would be a very painful experience and wouldn't make sense. And she started researching and looking into um, ancient spiritual texts, Taoism, Hinduism, even um, esoteric Christianity. And she found texts where they were talking about how there is a way to make love that brings calmness and stability. And then there's a way to make love that brings basically craziness, you know, in a sense. And back then they didn't have any neuroscience or anything like that they didn't know about brain chemistry but they just had a sense of something and they were practicing something different and so with these ancient instructions she started to date differently and and found partners that were willing to try this with her and then eventually she met what became her husband and he had been a biology teacher and was really into neuroscience and so together they kind of put two and two together and discovered that we are, or rediscovered that we as human beings have two programs for lovemaking. And they both have a lot to do with our energy and how we feel because they impact our hormones and our state of being. And so when, when I read that book, I was like, Oh my God, this explains why I'm always having so much conflict, (laughs) you know, and, uh, um, I really took it on and have been, you know, teaching it and practicing that for the last four or five years. And, um, And I feel very passionate about bringing this to the world because I believe it's really the key to for us to learn how to make our union last in a sense. I love that. I love that so much. Um, Do you are you married currently now? No, no, I'm not. Mm -mm. Just haven't just haven't found the one. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Well, I I think I have. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll I'll let you keep that little secret. Yeah, um, we'll see. You know, it's it's still a little early, but knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
I'm very hopeful. Oh, that's so good. Um, but you're happy though, yes? Yeah. Good, good. Um, when I kind of saw your your bio there, you there was lots of things you talked about relationships that I was very intrigued about. One of the things you talked about, and like people talk about this all the time, and like staying in the honeymoon phase and like loving each other and wanting always to be around each other and touching each other. And you mentioned about um, when couples are kind of together for a long period of time, that kind of fizzles out. How would you help couples get back into that space? Like what kind of tips would you give them to kind of maybe not stay in that honeymoon phase, but like stay in that state of happiness with each other? Yeah. So a lot of it, you know, is based on, I make them read the book. I make them read Cupid's Poison Arrow. And part of it is just understanding basically that we have, we have different survival. We, we have all kinds of different survival programs that are just genetically in us. Mm-hmm. And so one of them is procreation, right? Our species wants to keep moving forward. That that program is connected to lots of sex with lots of different people and with orgasms, lots of orgasms, basically. Because so the, so nature was very clever to link <laughs> orgasm to like making babies, right? Because <laughs> it's such a pleasurable event, so we keep doing it all the time. True. Unfortunately, it's not necessarily good for us to have hundreds of babies, and it's also not good for us to have hundreds of babies with hundreds of different people. <laughs> but in some ways, you know, and we only think guys are programmed for this, but actually women are too. And there's lots of, you know, in, in Marnia's book, in the Cupid's Poison Arrow book, she, she gathered all the research, and uh, it's, it's, it's amazing, you know, because consciously we want to be monogamous, and it, it really is better for us if we're stable, but unconsciously, the species wants to move on. And so that's why people get bored over time. It's built into when you're engaging, when you're only having procreation based sex, you will get bored so that you move on so that you make babies with somebody else. It's, it's very deeply ingrained, mm-hmm. you know? So when we know this, we can also know that there's a second program. It's also a survival program. So it's very, it's a very strong program. It's almost just as strong as the other one, the one with the orgasm. Yeah. We just don't know about it. And it has to do with the bond, the bond that's created be- between an infant and its caregiver. The, the procreation-based sex, um, the hormones that are involved are dopamine and some other ones, but mainly dopamine. With the second um, program, oxytocin is involved. Dopamine is a hormone that gets released in anticipation and has a huge spike. Like it's like a huge, it's like shooting heroin or cocaine, right? It makes us high like crazy for a moment. Unfortunately, because of that in our, you know, in our brain, it's such a explosive event that for two weeks after our brain has a really hard time to kind of just be normal. And so once we start paying attention, we actually see that we don't feel so well during those two weeks and we see life and our partner very differently. And that's when a lot of over time, um, conflicts arise. Mm. When we go with the oxytocin and learn to make love in, it's called bonding-based lovemaking, in a different way. It does it, it does not include orgasm, but because you're using this other program, um, that program also has rewards. It's not an orgasm, that the, that's the reward, but another pleasurable, very, very pleasurable feeling that's not as explosive, but just consistent over time. And so it takes a little time for your brain to, you know, and for you to be like, okay, with not having orgasms and like giving them up in a sense, but not, you know, the brain doesn't take very long for this other reward system to kick in and for it to just feel as good or even better. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, so the, the best tip I can give people is just get the book, read the book, and then get help implementing because survival programs 
are super, super strong subconscious programs. And that's where somebody like I come in, you know, I'm, I'm trained as somebody who knows how to change these survival and subconscious programs in people. And so get help with that because it's, it's hard to do it on your own. It's very hard. I, I like that. Um, I've never heard of that before. So that's, that's mm -hmm. very cool. Um, because like they talk about all the time, like there's so many books that talk about like just achieving that orgasm and, and yeah. all of that. And so there's much more to connecting yeah. with somebody than just that. Yeah. And I was very much, a pro you know, because my first marriage, we weren't so physically into each other. I mean, we had sex, we were not sexless, but we just didn't have a physical connection really. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, maybe he felt it more than me but I didn't. And so when that was over, I went kind of like the other way. And I was like, oh, look at what I missed. And like, like I just want to have sex and I want to have great sex and great orgasms and every day. And, you know, and, <laughs> and then when I came across this book, I'm like, oh my God, now I can explain why there was so much um, roller coastering in my relationships because I had been on a total roller coaster hormonally, you know, with all For sure, for sure. In terms of like all of that, I'm just, curious what would you like say to people where that person's sex drive might be higher than your partner's for example like your partner could be like oh no I'm too tired or no I'm too busy or no not tonight blah 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 like how can you still have that higher sex drive but not hold resentment towards your partner if that's the case yeah so the beautiful thing is when you step out of the procreation so most people most women don't have a sex drive for procreation-based sex because it's just not interesting to them, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, over time, it just becomes very boring because we all really want to connect. Men are a little bit more like, okay, if I can't get the connection, I'll just have sex. Women are like, well, you know, this doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. So, in a sense, they're actually on the right path. They just don't know what the other thing is. So, once they start actually engaging in the bonding-based behavior, even people that have a low sex drive, their body's going to start responding really positively and generally the norm is when you're practicing bonding it's a practice when you're practicing bonding based lovemaking you make love a lot like you know from like five to 16 times a week i would say what yep what? like in the morning you know in the mornings and the evenings and then a couple times during the week when you have a long time when you have like undisturbed time where you don't have to get up or don't fall asleep you know yeah um yeah, because your body's it it becomes like nourishment to your body because it's such a different hormonal cocktail, and your body will start you know will want it. And there's lots of studies that show how good this is for you. You know, in terms of like your cardiovascular system, your nervous system, addictions fall away, depression falls away, anxiety falls away, because you you know you're using the you're using bonding hormones, so you become securely attached. Basically, you're reconnecting and you're reattaching mm -hmm. and mostly you know anxiety and depression and stuff like it could be caused by not having had the attachment as a child so yeah. it's hugely healing you know and like what like if this if you're practicing that like what does that look like um so there's specific bonding behaviors or bonding cues that are programmed in our where our brain responds to and some of it is like you know some of them are kissing eye gazing um touching mm -hmm. but it, it so Normally when we have sex, we touch the other person to turn them on or because we want to get something. And yeah. that registers in the subconscious as well. Oh, they just want to get something. I'm not going to relax. The difference is more in the quality of your touch and your kiss and your eye gazing. And so we're, the idea is you, you use your physical touch and your kisses as an expression of your love. So, um, so instead of like touching someone to turn them on, 
you touch them to make them feel good mm. and so that starts registering in the brain it's like oh they love me you know i'm like cared for so comforting yeah. touch so it's not so much like a specific touching techniques it's, it's more about the intent yeah with which you do it not like and just then, a touch to like ravish somebody but like yeah exactly yeah Oh, okay. And so then the nervous system starts relaxing, and then the body goes like, "Oh, this feels good. I want more of this." And then it becomes really—I don't, you know, no. Like for me, when I was a teenager, I really thought that um, having sex was an expression of—it's just a physical way of expressing your love, mm-hmm. right? And then it got very confusing because guys didn't see it that way, and like, and then we had casual sex, and then it was just for fun, and it was very confusing. Yeah. But in a sense, you know, the bonding-based lovemaking goes back to really connecting your heart and your your genitals and your physical body and the really making love together where you're just giving to each other and receiving and then an energy flow starts happening and also your skin mm-hmm. your 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 skin you know and and the skin on your genitals becomes more sensitive because you're you're just doing everything more gentle mm-hmm. and and because of the more gentleness everything becomes more sensitive and therefore feeling way way like more of a turn on or like delicious in a sense. <laughs> delicious. <laughs> yeah, very delicious. Very delicious. Like kisses can feel like, oh my god, I never want to stop. Yeah, it's, true. Like, better than eating chocolate ice cream, you know. Yeah, facts. I could, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> um, there. Do you kind of help people like get past, get through? I guess it's the right word. Get through past traumatic experiences mm-hmm. through this practice or like for example like sometimes things that happen in a past relationship like for me for example um a partner cheated but like you still kind of work through it or work together Mm -hmm. like but you still feel that right like you still feel that time where they cheated or you still feel that time where like there was a loss of some sort um how can you help that couple or those people kind of get past those hurts to keep their relationship moving forward to keep it healthy yeah, so part of it is what they do together because it starts to, re- you know, when when they start, when the brain starts registering the bonding cues of a consistent, like it has to be consistent, mm-hmm. um, the brain starts relaxing and they, the, the trust and the bond comes back. That's one thing. Some people, they, you know, like they have a lot of blocks to that and they won't find yeah. the time. They can't stick to the schedule and so forth. That's where I come in, right? Because if it was easy, everybody would be doing yeah. it. So, um, the the way I healed from the eating disorders was through a so my, my mom would not get out, give up on me and just try you know she let me to all kinds of things Buddhist monks art therapists talk therapy dance therapy you know <laughs> <laughs> you know she didn't do shock ter- therapy but pretty much everything else you know? <laughs> um, she had invited me to a thing called family constellation and I was very skeptical but I also really wanted help and I went there and it was like a weekend workshop and uh, the people that took me through a process and within three or four or five months the eating disorders just fell away oh wow yeah and i thought i had healed myself you know i was like oh finally i healed myself and then my friend said uh, you've been trying to heal yourself for like 10 years <laughs> and now all of a sudden you can heal yourself like uh <laughs> and i'm like oh you know what i went to this weekend thing like five months ago and ever since then i've been make you know been able like to make little changes you know not that was not huge but like over the time i couldn't that you know i could do less and less like eating and and you know unhealthy stuff to myself and so he's like oh my god you have to learn this you have to learn this so i became a practitioner of that modality mm-hmm. family constellation um for anybody who wants to check it out gwyneth paltrow has a show called the goop or goop it's on netflix and i think the 
fifth or sixth episode, they they show a demonstration oh, of what cool. it looks like. But in essence, it's just a very powerful process to dissolve those subconscious blocks in a sense. Oh. Yeah. And you can do the same kind of thing with couples, I guess, where they've experienced a traumatic mm-hmm. thing in their relationship. Mm-hmm. And they don't even need to know what the, you know, it will come out through the process. Like they just, if they, if they, let's say they, you know, they really want to do these practices, but every night he falls asleep. Yeah. We know that there is some kind of a block and then it's my job to find what the block is. So is it like, is it kind of like a therapy session? Like what, what could you kind of compare it to? It's not like therapy because you basically just, so the, the way that I do it is I use colored, colored pieces of paper mm-hmm. And let's say, um, you know, let's say we would look at you and your your relationship. You would pick a color for yourself or you would take a color for your relationship. And then you would tell me where to put them on my floor. And then I step on these pieces and basically kind of, it's not like channeling. I, I read the energy of the thing, you know. Oh. So I basically go into your energy field and I read what the cause is. And when we can find out what the cause is, we can also figure out how to repair it in a sense. Interesting. Yeah, and you, it's very powerful. Is that like something that you have to do like in person? No, oh. no. I do it over Zoom, and I have clients all over the world. And I'm doing this, but I'm doing this with. I mean, it's great to have somebody in person, you know. Yeah, yeah. You, you can kind connect, gauge their energy, but... and then that's really cool. I'll have to have you on sometime so we can try that out. That's, yeah, that's very cool. Um, has it been? What has been the feedback from people when you do do that with them? it's you know for most people it's very powerful that that, if i didn't have this tool i don't think i could help people really create true results you know Mm. yeah i think it's because of this um tool that people do get you know people really do change yeah that's awesome. And I have people, you know, I have people that keep, like, they wouldn't be, keep coming back to me or wouldn't be staying with me. I've had clients, you know, that's been with me five years. Oh, wow. You know, wow. four years, two years. That's, ve- yeah, I've never heard of this. That's very cool. Um, what's the best relationship advice you've ever gotten personally? Well, I really think finding that book, you know, so my, my friends that, my friends kind of knew that I was constantly looking and searching and. Uh, one of them basically she's like well here you know I found this book but I don't know you know it talks about sex without orgasm and but I was desperate enough to like whatever like just give me something that just works, try it you know? yeah and um and then I, I I at the time I um I was married at the time to my second husband and we started trying this and I could definitely start feeling the benefits you know and seeing the benefits and we weren't able to stick to it and then that relationship fell apart you know and yeah. it was very it was very to me it was very predictable unfortunately but that's just what it was you know yeah yeah oh, that's awesome if you could i have one more question before i let you go yeah. well two really but yeah bef- um if you could go back and tell 20 year old carolyn anything what would you tell her or give her any advice what would you tell her oh i would say you know just keep trusting yourself and keep following your heart. It's gonna like that's what's gonna really keep you safe. That's what's gonna what's gonna and don't give up on your dreams. When I was twenty, you know, I was in Germany. You have to remember, I was in Germany. True. I had no inkling I was gonna end up in the United States, <laughs> but I had this feeling that I was supposed to be someone like Deepak Chopra, you know. <laughs> and I was like in this little small town in Germany. I didn't even speak English, <laughs> so I should have just told her, you know, like just. You know, 
it's gonna happen. You don't know how, but uh, you know you're gonna get there. Just follow, follow your heart, follow your dreams. Yeah, and and just trust, you know, trust, yeah. the, trust the process. And also, you know, when I was younger, nothing could happen fast enough, and I really didn't enjoy the journey. Like, I, it took me so long to learn to enjoy the journey. Yeah, that's that's yeah. hard too, because like you yeah. you always you're either comparing yourself to other people you see or things you see online, and like yeah. what you want, you're not there yet, and it's frustrating and. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that one. Um, where can my listeners find you? Social media, websites, podcasts, yeah, blog? Yeah, it. it's all under my name. It's all Carolyn Hauser, my website. I have a training where I go over the five steps to really, the five shifts that um, are necessary to to create. And and you, you can actually create honeymoon feelings that last, whether they've gone out the window or you're in that stage and you don't want them to go away there is ways to make it so that you know what to do to have them, mm-hmm. you know? And so I go over that in that training. And then um, Facebook is really good for me. I Facebook Messenger is a really great way to connect. Um, I have lots of YouTube videos on this, also under just my name, Carolyn Hauser. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time to chat and share that um, with me and the listeners. It's I appreciate it very much, and I'm definitely going to want to connect again sometime in the future to kind of, maybe we can try that color coding thing you were talking about. I feel like that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it works best when you really have an issue, you know, something that, like with my eating disorders, you know, like that was real, like it saved my life for real. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And you don't have to have like something that dramatic, but, you know, when you have something that's like, oh my God, if I could just shift this one thing, whether it's like money issues or a relationship with you know a sibling or a partner or whatever it is yeah that's awesome thank you so much um and uh i'm gonna check all of that out so uh we will keep in touch all right my dear yeah thanks so much for awesome thanks carolyn take care I love that Carolyn shared um, about her background and like what had happened to her and her experience and how that kind of helped reframe her thinking on relationships and lovemaking and um, realizing it's not just about communication strategies, right? Because that's what that's what something that everybody preaches. Oh, you need better communication. Oh, you need to communicate better. Oh, you need to compromise. Oh, you need to talk about it. Oh, this, oh, that. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's literally not just that. Um, so it's really cool that she kind of talked about the bonding-based lovemaking because I've never heard of that before. And it's something that I feel like a lot of people can struggle with, especially in intimate relationships. You know what I mean? Like the the things that you guys go, th- like the people go through and on daily basis, day in and day out, like it can be um sometimes it can be harmful sometimes it can be toxic to a relationship sometimes it can just literally just be downright like like pushing down on the relationship negatively you know what I mean so just being able to focus on finding a way to get out of that rut finding a way to connect with yourself and to connect with your partner and um work on that you know what I mean like it it takes a lot and I'm I'm not married but like I, I've heard people say like marriage is a lot of work right and so it's just about building that that basis and that foundation and then working through it right like like if something's off or if you're not feeling something like yes talk about it right but what else can you do from the inside from within to kind of help with that situation um or or 
with that feeling you know what I mean so I feel like that was really interesting um I wish we talked a little bit more about like how a traumatic past can kind of influence relationships like obviously we know it all can always have a negative impact um but just being able to learn like what to do in that situation and like new strategies because in my therapy I'm pretty sure it's cognitive based therapy I'm pretty sure cognitive behavioral therapy I think um and you just like we talk about like different strategies and stuff like that but I'd love to hear from like somebody else regarding what to do in those situations of of traumatic pasts affecting our relationships and stuff um but I do really like how she also talked like she was also okay talking about sex right because that's something hard that um it can get really awkward and it can get weird um maybe sometimes too like it feels like you're just roommates that are sleeping with each other or not sleeping with each other um but it's funny because I was talking with somebody and um they were telling me that they realized they wanted to break up with their partner when they realized they were not having sex often and I was like hmm like that's true like yes it's about like if they're even if they're your best friend and what have you but like you still need that physical piece right like you still need that intimacy piece and that 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 intimate connection with somebody physically and if that's not there and if that's not working like what are you gonna do to fix it right if you've tried everything okay then maybe ending the relationship maybe that's your best bet moving forward um but maybe there is something you can work on and I like how Carolyn kind of gave that that bonding based love making suggestion and strategy to help others um work through that you know what I mean so really interesting super awesome um definitely check out some of the if you, you're you or somebody you know struggles with this definitely check out the resources that she mentioned um check out her website I know that she has a couple groups she sent me some messages um regarding them so check them out um follow her I hope you guys learned a little bit of something that you can take um either in your own personal relationship or um take them to somebody who you know is struggling with this in their relationship or teach it to your partner or what have you um but thanks for listening thanks for tuning in this week I know it's a shorter episode but sometimes it's not just all about the fluff right sometimes we just get straight to the point and that's what it is so have a great week everybody and we will chat next week